Okay. Hi, everybody. Uh, the uh, podcast is on purpose. I'm Dr. John Duffy. With me is uh, your favorite Chicago Tribune columnist, Heidi Stevens. Uh, happy holidays, Heidi. How are you? Happy holidays, John. I'm pretty good. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm good. Um, and I'm aware that that's not necessarily the norm for people right now. I think that's correct. Yes, I think a lot of people would say they're they're struggling. Um, not that they haven't been for 10 months, but... Um, the holidays know, put a little extra layer of pressure, though, right? For sure, right? I don't I mean, even know if, if you think about the right word, but... Uh, I, I, you know, sadness and, yeah. um, and, and this conflict, you know, a lot of the people I'm working with have this conflict about like, um, how can I please everybody mm. knowing that everybody has different degrees of comfort in certain areas and, uh, um, in terms of like getting are, together or not. Yeah. 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 Pandemic yeah. Wise. And so, right. So, so navigating this is really really hard for people and in the end what i i've yet to talk to anybody that felt like yes we've nailed it everybody's going to be perfectly happy with the solution we've come up with you know everyone's making some kind of compromise that i think they prefer not to make during, yeah. for christmas or for hanukkah or for kwanzaa or anything else that's going on new year's eve year. yeah anything. new year's eve for sure right, right? um and, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and I suppose there are uh, there are a small subset of people who don't mind it, you know, just like yeah. just like don't mind the pandemic, you know, are kind of like quietly kind of like whistling underneath all this. Like it's an out. I wasn't, I wasn't looking forward to getting together with family in the first place or I have some yes. social anxiety. I'm perfectly mm -hmm. happy mm -hmm. just hanging out right here. You yeah. Know? But yeah, most people most people are pretty stressed out, I think. Sure. Even if you're like mildly happy, but then there's a little guilt associated with feeling mildly happy or like, it's just complicated. It's super complicated. You know, um, I find myself mildly happy. I'm looking forward to a little bit of time off, but you know, there is a lot of family we're not going to see. Um, my mom is 90. And so, you know, my brother and I have been trying to figure out like, okay, so how do we, I cannot have her just be alone and yet yeah. we can't be right on top of her. So, you know, how do we do this? And, you know, um, we're trying to, we're still trying to figure that out. I think we'll, we will, but it's going to be different for her than it's ever been before. She's being a trooper about it, but I think it's really super sad for a lot of people to just break tradition. You know, like I, yep. I, I think that the holidays anchor so many families in this kind of connectedness. Like, you know, uh, the year can go sideways in a lot of ways, but uh, we, we can at least rely on the way we do Christmas morning or that we go to church at this time or whatever it is. And yep. for almost everybody, tradition is getting busted here. Yeah. You know? And there's, you know, obviously holidays and, you know, moments of, you know, traditional gathering all throughout the year. But there's something about these December holidays and even, you know, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day that are like, OK, we can breathe a sigh of relief or we can look back and reflect or whatever. But these this happened at the end of the year. Like this is the end of this year and we all gather and we all 
whatever you happen to do, you know, drink too much or eat too much, open gifts or go to a worship service or whatever it is. It's sort of like there is a, a part of your mind is on the fact that like this marks an ending as well. And of all the years any of us have been through, I bet for most people, this is one that's like, you could really use that this year, you know, like you could really use a joyous <laughs> or momentous or like in some way memorable marking to end this friggin' year. And it's like, okay, and we still probably can't do that safely. It just feels like a slap in the face, like of all <laughs> the years to get through and then not be able to gather and not be able to worship and not be able to you know, do a group toast or like all the things like we're still, we can't even end this year on that note. Absolutely. It is super loaded. And you're right. The idea, I always think of the, uh, with my clients, the turning of the calendar, it's arbitrary to some extent, but it does suggest to be an ending and a beginning, right? So there's an opportunity and you can look back and reflect. And, um, but there's, there is that idea that, you know, everybody in Whoville can get together and hold hands and sing the Christmas carol. Right, and, right, totally. You know, and, 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 you know, we, we're happy and, you know, the Grinch is happier, you know, the virus is over and we're, you know, uh, the, the credits can roll happily, yep. you know, and yep. we're not, we're in the middle of the thing while we're ending a thing, you know, like, so it, yeah. it doesn't, it, nothing feels like it's quite synced up properly, right? Yeah, and these, <laughs> this feels harder to me than, you know, 4th of July or even Thanksgiving um, or trick-or-treating or sort of all the things that we, you know, graduations, weddings, all the things that all year we've been like, a lot of us, some people have, you know, carried on unbowed by the fact that there's a pandemic right but, um, you know there <laughs> have so been weddings we <laughs> um giant ones but anyway yeah um <laughs> you know for the most part like all along we've gotten used to you know pressing pause or way 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 down playing you know these rituals and stuff but this one just feels like oof man and at the end of it all we're still you know not able to do it the way we're used to doing it and I, I have a like a logistical question because um, I think that your job and my job have some interesting overlap, I guess. Um, you know, the way like a, a huge part of our job is listening, right? Um, mm-hmm. And and for me, I feel like I my main job is sort of to bear witness and, you know, not really like guide people in one direction or the other when they're talking to me. Like I shouldn't do that. I should mostly just sit and, and listen and then tell that story. My God, our ready. jobs are precisely the same. <laughs> well, are they though? So this is my question. Like if someone comes to you, or especially right now, if you, when people are coming to you with these like really tough, um, questions about, you know, this might be my mom's last Christmas. I don't know if she'll be alive next year, but we don't, we don't want to leave her alone, but we don't want to see her and potentially kill her. Like, are you, do you give advice? Like, here's what you should do. Or do you listen back? Or do you tell them like, um, do you role play? Like, okay, I'm your mom. You're you let's do a practice conversation. Like, what do you do? Oh, I've definitely done some of the role playing. I am, um, and I think most therapists are in this boat, not very directive. In other words, um, people typically don't come 
to therapy for, you know, advice and solutions per se. I think they're looking to find that within themselves to some extent. And okay. so, and part, and part of the deal is just um, saying the thing that's hard to say, you know, so, you know, accepting and expressing like, I'm really disappointed. This is a big loss for me. Yeah. And having that acknowledged and validated, um, that goes a long way toward, you know, some degree of healing, but at least feeling heard. Because a lot of us, you know, um, especially in the in-between generation, like, you know, the parents of teenagers right now, your generation, you know, um, who have parents who are getting older and you've got kids who are, you've got to take care of a lot of moving pieces mm -hmm. and your feelings are not always necessarily front and center. And so, you know, I always think therapy is a great thing for somebody in that spot because mm -hmm. their voices are not always heard, you know, and sometimes you just need your voice to be heard. And oftentimes what happens in a therapy session is you figure out the solution just by talking it through, just by hearing yourself work it through out loud, which you don't ordinarily get to do, yeah. you find like, yeah, it's kind of obvious what, what has to happen here. You know, like I get, I, I get it. And, um, and luckily as, as therapists, rarely do we have to have all the answers. What we just need to be able to do is create the space that allows for people to find that, um, you know, in collaboration with you, but, you know, by and large on their own. And, um, but, but I will say this year is so wildly different than any other year that all the, everything we learned in grad school, all the playbooks are kind of out the window. Yeah. So there are some times where I will express an opinion, like, you know, this year, it just doesn't make sense to do X. So, and, and, and that sucks. And, you know, um, we're move the goalposts and, you know, um, have Christmas in April or, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? Like to, to try to be, get creative with somebody and brainstorm a little bit about what, what could be safe and what couldn't and, and help people figure out like the permutations and the algorithms around <laughs> what, yeah. what works safety wise and contact tracing wise. And, you know, a, a lot of people, um, though the guidelines you could argue, you know, are abundantly clear, you know, like Fauci would say, you know, do not get together with extended family over the holidays. It's not quite so easy in practice to just decide that, you know, right. um, because there's, it, it's so emotionally loaded and you're right. This is, you know, I think we all know that this is, is a significantly different time of year than the 4th of July or Columbus day or something like that. Yeah. And and, and this year we're all, we're all wiped out. I mean, right. you know, everybody's just tapped out and the idea of like, man, an end of year celebration with my people, that would, that would be a super healing thing. And, you know, and, and instead we start, you know, a new year kind of carrying the scars and the wounds of the last year, you know? Yep. Um, and I think that's going to be trickier, I think, than a lot of us think, you know, um, I, I'm relieved that there is this vaccine that's, you know, being distributed. I feel enormously hopeful about that. Um, but you know, for a lot of people, it's kind of like, no, this, I needed this, I needed yeah. this and I need it now. And I don't have four months in me or whatever it is until, you know, people are out and about and, you know, um, I've got one friend in particular, he's, 
He's a hugger of a guy. Like if he met you today, Heidi, he would be like, come here, Heidi, you big yeah. columnist dude. Like, <laughs> and he would want to, and, 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 and this, you know, um, Unlike me, I'm I'm not particularly like that. But yeah, my friend Mark, he wants to. He would hug and hold you and laugh with you and 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 so to not be with people just ruins him. You know, like yeah. it, it it really um, it, it's really difficult for him. And I think there's a lot of us who miss just you know um, just holding people or, yeah. and, and being close to people and seeing their full face, you know, like yeah. another thing he said is like, I want to see your whole face. I want to see yeah. you smiling, you know? Um, and I think this is getting super, super old for people. And the holidays probably are putting just a fine, fine point on it because, you know, a lot of us celebrate through December all the way through. And I think most of us are, have not been doing that. You know, I think right. most of us have kind of, kind of been, uh, trying to um, make money for an awful lot of people, uh, trying to, you know, get the kids through the rest of school and um, and trying to just keep our shit together emotionally. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I, I read what you wrote on your website. I think you wrote it Monday about um, feeling like we need kind of a, I guess a, radical mental health intervention, um, you know, as a nation. And ideally, we would start introducing the concepts of, you know, uh, taking care of our mental well-being as kids in school, or, or we'd all have our own kids in, you know, fairly regular therapy sessions, not because they were in crisis, but just because it's good for them to learn how to talk about their own feelings and know their emotional strengths instead of just sort of their, you know, um, weaknesses or, or sort of emotional landmines, which right. I, I love that concept. Um, and, and, and that's partly why I ask how, how it works in your office. Um, and also, I, I mean, I just find, I, I find therapy, therapy, um, <clears throat> to be almost like magical and, and yet it's t the total opposite of magic. It's just like, it actually makes perfect logical sense if you sit down <laughs> and think about it, but it's like, Oh, talking about my feelings makes my feelings less terrifying. Huh? Um, magic is like <laughs> actually not magic. It's actually logic, but, um, but it, it's amazing how much better and in control of your own life you feel once you get used to saying your feelings out loud uh, and then getting to the point where you don't even have to say them out loud necessarily to feel like you're getting a handle on them like oh no I, I recognize this one this is actually just disappointment um and that would be healthy for me to feel disappointed right now because blah 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 you know like you sort of for me anyway, I have gotten to a point where I can have these conversations kind of in my head and, and just feel like less shame around it or less frustration at the people around me because of it or whatever. And I think that like, for me, my, my therapist is maybe a little more, um, she gives directions. Like she sort of tells me what to do maybe more than some do. Um, and she, 
told me that going in, like, so I'm a, you know, I do, I, there's a name for it and I don't know it and I'm sure you do, but, um, anyway, she'll say like, I think that's a bad idea. I don't think you should call so-and-so like, she'll say that. Um, and then we'll talk about that. Um, but, but more than that, I think she has taught me and I think therapy maybe teaches people like not to, um, let yourself blame anyone else for your own unhappiness. So, or blame any other thing for your own unhappiness. So I think that like you can figure out how to identify what is making you unhappy or making you anxious or making you, um, depressed. Um, but then it's like your work to then tackle that. Right. So like, it's not enough to stop there because then you just live in anxiety or depression or unhappiness also with a cause, but like, then what do you sort of do about that cause? I guess, does that make sense? Am I totally mischaracterizing therapy? (laughs) No, no, no. That's a great treatise on therapy. That that's, that's exactly how it's, um, it's supposed to work. And, um, you know, it, it, it also gives us this opportunity and, and this is what you're describing to pause and look at our own thinking and behavior and feelings and kind of assess them because we don't really do that very often these days. And, um, and then, and then we can take kind of, we realize the degree to which we have agency over things we would have thought otherwise, well, you know, um, the world just shits on me and, you know, or my family or my kid or whatever. And, um, you know, and, and when you pause and you start talking about it and whether, whether a therapist is directive or is more of a Rogerian, just listener with unconditional positive regard, regardless, you hear your own voice in a way you, you wouldn't otherwise. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you can make like such better decisions when, you consider the emotional elements of them. There, this guy, Daniel Goleman, wrote a book. It has to be 25 years old, called Emotional Intelligence. And, um, and it didn't sell very well, so he was smart enough to write Emotional Intelligence at work. And then he sold it to oh, yeah. like all state, all the businesses bought it. <laughs> right. Now there's entire conferences built around yes. it. Yeah. Actual, <laughs> a, a man or two read it. <laughs> right, yeah. I go to Palm Springs and golf right, and exactly. learn Emotional Intelligence at work. Totally. Right. I, get it. At I mean, nobody would do that in a newsroom, but I get it in theory, yeah. <laughs> but the idea is... Yeah. That we, that we all operate far better in almost every area of our lives when we understand how we're feeling and we have some bead on how the people around us are feeling. And that's part of our decision-making. And um, it seems so elemental. And we, I think, way too often presume, oh, I already do that. I know how I feel. And right. yet, once you start talking about it, you know, like um, therapy, in a way, I don't disagree with your first idea that therapy is magic, <laughs> you know, yeah. in, a, in a weird way, it is this, um, right. There's all sorts of technique affiliated with it, but, um, we are effectively these emotional ambulance chasers. And when somebody breaks, when somebody feels something, um, you know, when the, when the tear comes or 
know, whatever emotion it is, you do feel like, okay, here we are. You know, we're, we're at the thing that matters because yeah. we wouldn't have that emotion if we weren't at the thing that matters. So let's, let's sit here for a while and let's see what we, let's have a look around and see what's going on in this space right here. And it's really just digging, protecting time to find that space. And we don't do that very often. In fact, we're, we're really good at distracting ourselves. Um, I, um, I am reticent to say that uh, one of the people I've heard describe this best, and it, it's probably really good we're not in the same room right now, <laughs> is, is Louis C.K., <laughs> of all people. <laughs> okay, I thought you were going to say Dr. Phil, so actually Louis oh. C.K. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> no, I, I didn't really there. think you were going to say Dr. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, he just talks about how when we feel emotion, we're like, Oh, I better look at my phone. I better pull, you know, I better, you know, pay attention to the road. I anything but feeling something, you know, yeah, um, totally. which, you know, he maybe should have listened to his own advice a little more than he did. But right. regardless, <laughs> um, regardless, it, it, it's very profound. You know, um, we, we are so loaded up with distractions that we don't slow down enough to um, to listen to ourselves. And when we do that, we make we make far better, more thoughtful, better informed decisions, because we're considering all the data, not just like the landscape of, you know, like, well, how would this, you know, practically, how would this season work? But considering like emotionally, what works best for people too, like, you know, and, um, and really understanding that, you know, because oftentimes what we find ourselves doing, I think is guessing and, you know, and, and deciding how other people, our family or our friends feel without touching base with them, without really considering it. Right. And, um, and, you know, and I, and I like to think that, that good therapy uh, creates space for that to all happen. Um, I think it does. And I think it, par part of why I think both of us are slightly drawn to the word magic is because it does, it, it's like all of a sudden you understand that actually you have the answers in inside of you, which now sounds like a Disney um, <laughs> the, the We might break into song. But, it's sorry. possible we're going to harmonize. I'm frolicking <laughs> with woodland animals as I speak. Um, no, but you do sort of, you have the answers inside. You, it's It's tempting to distract yourself with busyness or your phone or whatever so that you don't, have to look inside for those answers or acknowledge that you actually have them because they're sometimes they're answers you don't they're conclusions you don't want to draw i mean it is it's mm -hmm. terrifying to be like okay i actually need to leave this marriage um yes. or okay i actually have to call my mom and have that conversation with her about christmas or like you know the thing that you need to do probably if you sit quietly and and honestly with yourself but that's terrifying because then you're going to come to some co conclusions that are hard hard to come to but that's where it feels like magic it's like wait a minute i didn't I, I didn't have to do, you know, 14 different, you know, things, mental gymnastics things. I just had to like, listen to myself. Um, right. And, and that's what, that, that's partly why I love the thing you wrote and the emphasis on, especially like 
helping our kids get to that point young, I just think like, God, if one good thing could come of 2020 and, and, and you even said in the piece, like it, it's a little pie in the sky to imagine that totally. suddenly, like <laughs> we're going to become a nation <laughs> of mental wellness after the <laughs> pandemic. But, but for the people listening and for you and I, like, I do think it's interesting to think about this as a moment to like, you know, go forward with our kids and our own mental health as a priority and not necessarily when there's a crisis. And like, I don't know, even just my own time in therapy and I'm sure talks that you and I have and, and stuff I read for work, like it helps me even just at home in my own marriage and in my own parenting approach everything a little bit more with that sort of like therapy I don't know, wisdom, I guess, although I'm not trying to sound like I am wise, but just that idea of like, just let them tell you how they feel and like, don't kind of try to point out what's wrong with that feeling or what's right about that feeling or just like, you know, we often when we're talking about stuff as a family or Michael and I are talking about stuff as a couple or whatever, like a lot of the end of it, we didn't really come to a place that we all agreed on. It just, but everybody feels heard, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't like it when this, this, and this, and then the other person's like, well, but I do. And here's why. <laughs> and then, and it's like, at the end of it, it's like, okay, so you like it and you don't, and you feel neutral and you are annoyed that this took four hours. Uh, like, and then we all know that about each other. And then it's like the end, nobody fixed anything, but somehow it all feels fixed. Do you know what I mean? So, oh man, you, uh, you, that is so beautifully put. Um, and there's a lot of wisdom that you carry Heidi about, about this stuff. And I think part of it is that you talk to people and you listen and, um, you know, this is part of what you do for a living, but you do it really, really deftly. And I totally know what you mean. I am, uh, you're, you're reminding me of a family I worked with years ago, um, they would come in. So it was mom, dad, two kids who were teenagers and, um, for an hour in, and I was, I, I had probably 20 years of experience when I first met these people. And for an hour, they would yell at each other to the point where as the therapist, I'm like, shit, I've got to get some control here. Yeah. And at the end of the hour, you know, I would point out like, well, we're getting close to done here, guys. And, you know, kind of like, geez, I feel badly. We haven't resolved anything. And everybody gets up and they're like, okay, doc, thanks a lot. That was great. We'll talk to you next week. And, and, and nothing got resolved. Everyone, you know what I mean? Like, but everyone got their stuff out. And yeah. it was like, okay, this is what families need more than they need resolution. Like we right. know how to resolve things. We know how, you know. Um, or just keep them inside and then there's no conflict, right? Right, <laughs> right of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, think, um, I, I think you've got something there. And the, the sneaky luxury of being a therapist is, especially a therapist with young people, is you hear these nuggets of wisdom um, out of nowhere and you're like, ooh, I'm going to remember that for me, you know, like yeah, that, that's yeah. I'm integrating that into my world. That is gold. And so, yeah. you know, in a, in a way therapy runs both ways, you know what I mean? Like it, it's a really, it is therapeutic for everybody in the room, you know? Um, and that's part of the reason I, you know, 
push for like, you know, more of it because kids are doing such a good job of de- not just destigmatizing it, but you know, like I, I work with teenage boys who will have their friends drop them off at therapy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like they're that open about like, you know, yeah. Oh yeah, I've got to go talk to my therapist, pick me up in an hour. Um, you know, and it's really no big deal. And I do think there's like this opportunity, right. Do I think that, you know, um, 300 million Americans are going to rush to therapy? No. Um, do I think that, uh, uh, schools are going to protect an hour a day to focus on emotional well-being? Probably not. Um, do I think this would all be helpful or some move in this direction? Yeah, for sure. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I think that we are, um, stressed and, um, anxious and somewhat depressed kind of collectively. And, and there's an awful lot that can be done about that without going right to a pharmacy, you know? Um, and not that that's the worst thing that sometimes absolutely what needs to happen. But, uh, but I think, you know, like if there's a takeaway from 2020 that can be productive, it's a recognition that, yeah, we've kind of taxed ourselves emotionally here yeah. and we've got to, we, we, we should probably focus more on that because this isn't the only challenge we're going to face. This is a big one, but we don't know if we've certainly learned this year, like we don't know what the future looks like. I mean, if you and I listened to our podcast a year ago this week, we, we you know, we weren't talking about this, <laughs> you no. know, it no. had a very different vibe. We probably, you know, we're celebrating something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't see COVID on the horizon, for sure. No. Yeah. No, if we did, we were, you know, the first time we heard about it, we were joking about it. So, or at least my family was. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I remember that. Totally. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. The first thing I wrote about coronavirus, I mean, actually, I think it was March. um, So, it had arrived. But it was about, you know, check in with your kids to see if they're being teased or bullied at school about it because it was such a joke. I mean, at least at my son's elementary school, um, you know, I was hearing from different parents about like how their kids were coming home and saying so-and-so got teased or I got teased or, you know, Mm. they're playing instead of tag at recess, they're playing coronavirus and, you know, it was like the new cooties or whatever. Um, and it was getting hurtful, especially when it was being targeted at, you know, kids who aren't white and because, yeah. you know, there were some racist undertones at the beginning yeah. and yeah. I guess probably still are about it, um, coming from a different country and all that. Anyway, um, that was like, you know, no, I had no concept, obviously very few of us did except probably like public health experts. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, of how the degree to which it would take over our lives. But, and that was even March. It was here. People were right. diagnosed with it, you know. But, um, but yeah, it was very much like just a thing people were joking about, kind of, you know, very actually naively, not knowing like this, this is going to kill 300,000 Americans before yeah. the year's out. Um, yeah. And upend, you know, every single person's, you know, life in some way, either yeah. cost them their yeah. job or cost them some rituals or to, you know, affect how they vote, whatever. Yep. So do, do you have any thoughts about like how to make the most of the end of a year that 
runs like this, you know, that, that, okay. that, that does not, you know, it, that there's not this kind of clear closure to the, you know, pandemic and, um, and, you know, people don't know what their next semester looks like or their job looks like going forward. Um, you know, uh, I noticed that, you know, you and your family have already been creative about how to celebrate. And, um, do you have any thoughts about what people can do? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I would say, um, lower the bar. <laughs> this is my yeah. advice for everything. <laughs> people ask like, what's your advice for new parents? Lower the bar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> always lower the bar. Like I just right. think uh, on, on what you expect to accomplish, lower the bar on what you expect to accomplish, but, um, also like approach all of it with a little bit of pride, like pr pride in yourself, pride in the people around you, pride in your kids. If you've got kids, pride in your partner, or if you've, if you're partnered, um, that like you all survived this. You you're here, and that alone is huge. We all know how huge that is. We've all watched somebody lose somebody this year. Um, yep. I was hospitalized. I didn't know for you know. I I can make myself sound like I'm being dramatic about it now, but I had moments where I was like, I don't know. Um, like the it's it's a huge thing just to be here right now. Um, and 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 to not have chosen, you know, to not be here, to not have gotten sick and not be here. Um, I think there's, there's a tremendous amount of value and just like patting yourself on the back for that. Like we survived a, just a shit show of a year. Um, and, and the people around us did too, who were here with, and that's enough, like that's enough this year. Um, and I think take a little bit of pride in that. Like, it, it, you know, it, it's, that's an accomplishment. And, and then whatever this holiday um, or month looks like for you guys, um, that can be a memory. You know, like every memory doesn't have to be like, you know, a picture on Santa's lap. And actually, I think Santa's lap is gross, but um, so gross. Every memory. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like when we look back on the memories we made, like we want them to be, you know, the, you know, the kid's face when they open the thing they wanted or the whatever, but like, this is going to be a memory too, you know? And, and at the beginning of the pandemic, I was really eager to find, um, very old people <laughs> who could talk to me about what it was like to live through, different stuff like you yeah. know, polio, um, right. Or a anything hard that sort of the nation got through together. And, and, and I was writing those stories a lot because I was just like so hungry for that wisdom and, mm -hmm. and that's going to be us now, right? Like we're going to be able to look back and say what it was like to live through 2020. Um, and, and not just the pandemic, right. All the, all the civil unrest and, and all the things that happened this year. And so, I just think like maybe this is, you know, the Christmas where there's no gifts or this is the, you know, Hanukkah where there's no gifts or this is the year you didn't actually get to go to church or temple or get together with people. But like that's going to be a memory, you know, and and that's going to be a story you get to tell. And, and that's OK, too. Um, they don't all have to be, um, you know, happy and and joy filled. They just get to be kind of authentic, I guess. I love I love both of those. I hadn't thought about pride. I th 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 that seems like 
no small thing, you know, that, that, you know, to have made it through this year successfully kind of as an individual, part of a couple, part of a family, that's, that's a big deal, you know, like, and, and I, I, I love, I love that idea of pausing and recognizing like, okay, this was really hard and I did it. We did it. We're, yep. we're through this year. That's, that's a pretty cool way to look at kind of a shit show of a year. And, yeah. and I like the long lens of the holidays, you know, like I think I've been trying to encourage this and you just laid it out beautifully, this idea of, you know, there's no way that any of us is going to, you know, the holidays 2020, you know? And so, uh, um, you can make them memorable, even though they're going to be different and they might be, you know, it's part of the memory might be, uh, on you. It might be sadness. It might, you mm -hmm. know, the, um, it might be that loss a little bit, you know? Um, and, and, and there's probably going to be some ridiculous, like laughter and joy and stuff like that. Um, but you know, it, it, the, even remembering the sadness and handling that with uh, some degree of grace and acceptance and, um, and listening to one another and taking care of each other. That's, um, I think that's gotta be okay too, given that, you know, this isn't what anybody's looking for. I don't think, you know, yeah. um, I, I like both of those ideas. What would you add? Um, I always picture, um, and I've been talking to parents about this. I always think about like, you know, the, the, um, so we celebrated Christmas in my house and the Christmases I remember were the ones where like the one that's most memorable to me is you know, the, the basket of rolls on the table caught fire like major <laughs> fire <laughs> wow and my brother like threw them out in the yard and we watched them burn and you know um and so something usually went wrong you know mm -hmm. um and and yet we look back and we like this is what kind of holds us together still is we yeah. can reflect back on these times where it was ridiculous or horrible at times and um you know, first, the first Christmas at my, my, I've noted somewhere that Duffy's tend to like dying in really dramatic fashion right around the holidays, you know, yeah. so we, we usually are, we, we spend a lot of time grieving around the holidays, which is, yeah. um, it, it, it's super, it can be sad. And it's also kind of like, I remember one time walking with my mom, um, shortly after my brother and dad died, um, not far from Christmas and saying, wow, we're really bad at this without that. Yeah. <laughs> we, both, we both laughed about it, you know, because we're like, yeah, this, we who knew they were the ones that were holding things together. Right. Um, and, and I think it's okay to have those moments too. You know, those honest moments of kind of darkness, kind of sadness. And you can like, you can kind of laugh at yourself a little bit too. And I think all of that is okay. I think the more kind of, um, present and authentic we are, um, the better off we are. Yeah. So I guess, I guess I, I would suggest that. And that doesn't mean you have to force joy, you know, like this is, this isn't a year where I think we're going to be able to do that perfectly. You know, if it shows up, it shows up. I think, I think more, we're going to see, you know, like, um, a recognition of each other's feelings, whatever they are, and probably some laughter or like, this is just ridiculous.
ridiculous relative to what we've done in the past. Yeah. I think that's okay. Yep. I totally agree. And, and this is the last thing I'll say, I know we're running out of time, but I I think more than okay, it's actually kind of necessary. Like if we're, if we are thinking about at least those of us who are parenting, if we're thinking about what our kids actually need, um, you know, the sort of skills they need and the, um, like knowledge of what you can bounce back from kind of stuff. Like I'm, I've never been a huge fan of like, you know, the, you know, you need to make life kind of hard on them. So they, you know, develop thick skin or like, like the boy named Sue approach. (laughs) I wouldn't necessarily (laughs) adopt, although that's a great song. Um, But, um, but I think when, you know, hard stuff comes along on its own, um, I think not artificially shielding them from it or lying to them about it or not giving them space to, you know, admit to us how hard it is. I, you know, I think that's those are lessons that they need too, just as much as they need to know how to read and do math and you know, play soccer and all the other things that we want to be part of their childhood. Like that, this stuff is, is going to be, I think quite helpful, um, as they go through life and deal with some disappointments and setbacks and, you know, um, stuff that veers out of their control that they thought they had control over, you know? Oh, definitely. Um, I'm kind of glad you brought that up because I, um, when people ask me, well, what's the, what do we get going for as parents? You know, um, usually I land on like, well, a whole bunch of things, but at the core competence and resilience. And, you know, if you look at this year, regardless of whether your kid learned calculus or, you know, cursive writing, you know, they know at the back end, they are competent. They can, they can handle a difficult time. They're resilient. They can make it through. Um, you know, so I, I totally agree. And I, I, I think it's important not to overshield our kids from the difficulty of this. And because they have access to so much, we can't, you know, right. so I think it's facing a reality too. And, um, but it's an important reality. And there, there are certain things that, that are being built up in them. Um, the lessons of this year are immeasurably large and um, to ignore that uh, or, or to try to shield your kids from that is just uh, folly. So yeah. no, that's a, that's a really good point. Thanks. Yeah. So, so we head into 2021 um, yeah. looking for things to be brighter, right? I think so. I think yeah. so. Yeah. New yeah. president, I, vaccine. Um, yeah. I feel optimistic. I, I, do I honestly do. A little bit. Yeah. So yeah. Um, uh, happy holidays um, and, and happy new year to you and your you family. Too. You Thank too. You. And, um, and we'll talk. We'll t- I, I assume we'll talk again early next year. You did inform me before we got on the <laughs> air here that this would be our last conversation. <laughs> <laughs> My lawyer is still working on the paperwork. Uh, no, I just meant of the. I meant our. I meant our last podcast of the year. I think, don't you? Oh, it's okay. The 22nd all right, all right. Then, then I, I, I'm going to throw away the note I was about to write yeah. to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, happy New Year, guys. We will talk to you early next year. Okay. Have a good one.